Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I'm joined by the actor, presenter and all-around great conversationalist Tom Everett. Now I had a nice long conversation with Tom that has actually been split into two parts. So this week is part one, part two will be out at the same time next week. Um, All Patreons get access to part two early. Basically I've now added another tier which is as little as £1 a month and if you go on that you get the AirQuest bare bones experience of Patreon and you just get access to the feed which has our Afterthoughts show, which is one or two episodes a week, and then also whenever there's a two-parter, you'll get access to the second part at the same time you get access to the first part, all in one unsplit episode. So make sure you check that out. Just in brief, uh, me and Tom speak about our mutual friend, Tonya Todd, shout out to Tonya Todd, and how we both spend time on our show, how we met and that sort of thing. And then we speak a little bit about Norse mythology, humans' desires for deities and religion. Uh, Tom then talks about his time as a tour guide, why he then became an actor, and there's a couple of cool stories in that. And also we speak about introspection and whatnot. So that's generally what you can expect from this part. Anyway, guys, aside from that, I'm just going to let the conversation get started. I will be back at the end to give you guys information on what happens in part two and the other stuff that I've got planned over the coming weeks. So here is Tom Everett. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I am here today with Tom Everett. Tom, it's wonderful to have you on the show. We were narrowing on slightly before uh, pressing record and things uh, about a great many things, including our friend Tonya Todd. So to kind of get into that, how do you know her and what do you do? That doesn't have to be answered in that order. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, So, um, well, yeah, first of all, thank you for having me on, Mike. Um, Pleasure. Looking forward to it. Um, Hopefully I'm interesting enough to carry on with this genuine chit chat. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> so uh, it, I am an actor. Um, I have been professionally acting for, um, I guess it would be seven, seven wow. years now. Yeah. Um, uh, professionally, um, which is a good thing to say. You sometimes forget that because I'm not, I'm not a famous actor, but you know, I am a professional actor. Um, it's a good thing to say and remind <laughs> yourself because we need all the help we can get, especially after the last year. We'll come on to that. Um, so I, how I met Tonya Todd um, is uh, yeah, a mutual friend. It was, um, I guess, by chance, really. I, uh, being an actor, don't always work as an actor. Um, there's uh, there's a good, a good saying, something like 90, so of, of the 100% of actors that there are, there's 95% at any one time aren't working. Um, uh, 1% are probably the, uh, the rich and famous and you know, the ones that are very successful, but even they're not working 100% of the time. They have, you know, weeks off, months off, maybe. Then there's also maybe like 2% that are doing probably very low paid sort of, uh, not almost free work, um, profit share work. And then there's the other two or three percent, and that's you know what you're probably going to end up being. So really, you've got about there's a good ninety-seven uh, percent chance you won't be working at any one time. So we always have a uh, side jobs. My last one was one that I loved. It was uh, tour guiding, but I was a coach tour guide, which I'd sort of done lots of other different sort of uh, bits of tour guiding. I work in London, um, used to do bicycle tours and things like that, and the hop on hop off buses, which were a bit monotonous, um, if I'm honest, as a tour guide. Very interesting for the people because I <laughs> sold it so well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then I did coach touring, which was uh, taking people out of London to places like Windsor Castle, RIP, 
Prince Philip, <laughs> um, God rest his soul. And um, also to you know, Stonehenge, uh, Canterbury Cathedral, Bath, Salisbury Cathedral. We'd go to um, Stratford-upon-Avon about Shakespeare, oh, Lush, Warwick yeah. Castle. I stayed there last year, did our summer. Instead of doing a big European trip, me and Megan, we did like a, a trip around England, went to the Lake District, went to Stratford-upon-Avon, yep. Liverpool, and planning on doing another one this year. So I've been there, huzzah. I couldn't go to anything yeah. cool because it was all closed, <laughs> but I walked yeah. around. <laughs> it's very pretty, isn't it? It's almost mm. like it's, it's a very Tudor-esque kind of, uh, kind of place. Yeah, I love it. It's that- a, that sort of type of things, whether it's those type of building, those type of buildings, or cobbled streets, or both, mm. those sort of things, yeah. I love because obviously Winchester's near both of us and Chichester, they've got quite nice yeah. um, stuff. But yeah, so continue. Yeah, yeah, no. So uh, yeah, so I, um, I yes, I was doing a tour. I can't remember which one it was. I think a, a popular one, Windsor, Stonehenge, and Bath, and um, was doing that. And on the at the end of the tour, she approached me and said that she was uh, writing a book and about about a tour guide and would it be possible to ask me some questions as well so um about what it's like to be a tour guide and um i think her apparently her character for the book was also an actor as well so it was almost uh almost <laughs> wow. meant to be she yeah, broke you into existence actually that's what's really happened here todd todd is this you know thousand year old witch <laughs> she said this on my podcast yeah. she's like hundreds or thousands of years old and she's just written you into existence that's the truth yeah, it's literally yeah, like I'm uh, Will Ferrell in that film and Emma yeah. Thompson's oh, yeah. writing a book, Straight but I can't remember fiction, the film. I think yeah. it's called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like every time I'm brushing my teeth or something, and she's uh, <laughs> what? Someone's narrating my life right now. She's pulling the strings. <laughs> <laughs> How many years ago was that? Out of interest. Uh, that must have been uh, 2019, start of 2019, somewhere, somewhere in the sort of. Um, it's somewhere between January and May. It must have been. I don't know uh, when. It was sometime in the spring, I think. Yeah, I met her at the wrong time then, because I haven't met her in person. Funnily enough, I've, oh, I've right. done. I've done. Gosh, she's been on this podcast three times, and I've been on her mm. podcast, and uh, we speak on like Facebook and stuff a little bit as well. And then we did another Zoom call with uh, someone else who's a podcaster as well. So I've spoken to her a fair amount, but I started speaking to her. I should know this. Uh, it's probably about a year and a bit ago, I think. I can't remember how we explicitly got connected. There's so many people and threads where I'm like, I knew this, yeah. like you meet this one person through that podcast and then they introduce you to another 10. And then some of them, because I've met a few people through Tonya Todd as well. So, but so yeah. you were a tour guide and then she basically just wanted to interview you for a book, essentially. You guys just stayed in contact, really. Yeah, basically. And then um, after that, she, um, we spoke a bit. She obviously went back to America. She's, um, if anyone's uh, not listened to the podcast with her in it, that she's from I America. should have probably, I um, should have been saying that. I'm host. I should be putting all the little footnotes. Like, nice job though. I just assume, hey, everyone listeners, listen yeah. to all my podcasts. That is not, I know that's not the case though. <laughs> um, she's world famous, uh, you know, within this podcast. Um, she's, uh, yeah, so she went, we didn't, obviously, uh, well, we didn't have a, lots of conversation um she did mention about oh you know i know someone is filming something in london and uh, maybe you could get involved but yeah we did end up through last lockdown so you know mid 2020 um she co-wrote a film with uh with another uh, american friend b danielle kins um <laughs> i'm sure it's b- yeah b danielle um and uh they uh, sort of wrote this film called The New Normal, which was about uh, dating on um, sort of over Zoom um, and that hmm. kind of thing, which is very, uh, I haven't seen it. It's still not come out yet. Um, I'm worrying they're going to miss the boat because the lockdowns are going to finish soon and um, no one's going to be doing Zoom dates anymore. Um, but, uh, but apparently it looks very good, but it's, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure what's uh, happening. So yeah, we kind of re 
connected through that. And then since then, I did one of her podcasts, read to my partner, um, which was uh, 52 Lessons of 52 lessons of Love. Yeah, I was on there as well with yeah. Megan. Yeah, we did like February time. I'll have to listen yeah. to those then because that's, that's interesting. We actually did poetry to each other, me and uh, Megan uh, did, funnily enough. So I think they're quite similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got the choice and we were like... Like Megan's a teacher, we're like, can't really do the, so- the more saucy ones on air, <laughs> just in case. So it's like, poetry, that's lovely. Oh, did you write a poem? Uh, yeah, we each write a poem to each other to read it uh, on air. Oh. Uh, so I've only ever written two poems in my life, and I was saying on the podcast, I'm the greatest poet ever, <laughs> but I'm only writing these two. And there's, n- there's this one for Megan there, and I wrote one about a friend of mine called TJ, actually. She's uh, been on the show twice. She was on my second ever episode, mm. um, and she lives in bristol now i think so i i'm just some of my friends who are close friends like when they're around the area i'm like come on the podcast as soon as they move away even though the majority of my podcasts are over zoom and things i just forget about yeah. them <laughs> so tj hasn't been on for a little while but you know it's on facebook or that sort of jazz but like um i did mention tj for a reason mm. of some sort and that reason was i don't know I said before we started recording, didn't I, that I'd, sa- <laughs> I'd get to a point yeah and i'd completely lose myself oh, i do this all the and, time this is fine <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those um poetry that was it it was because she organized this poetry night thing and i decided to go because a while ago i went like before megan or anything i went on essentially a date to a poetry poetry slam is that what they call yeah yeah and i I was like i was not looking forward to it bluntly uh i'm not overly a fan of poetry but then i went and about a quarter of them were horrendous and about half of them were okay but about a quarter of them were genuinely really brilliant and clever Mm. very much more spoken word and I like you know I like quite a bit of rap music and I do like a degree of spoken word anyway so I think it was just that the lines between what's kind of pompous poetry and uh, it depends how pompous one is to see how pompous they view poetry but you know what I mean sort of that stereotypical poetry that's just a bit of nonsense um and i saw that and i thought i'm gonna write a poem i was like so i decided to and it's it's quite an angry poem this was years ago and it's about um it's an open letter to god and it's basically i just made it rhyme and was basically questioning uh god it was when i was much more atheist than i am now i'm still an atheist agnostic atheist depends on the day but i, <laughs> I wrote this poem and then i read it out uh, a poetry slam thing and then I did that poem with Megan. And they're the only yeah. two poems I've ever written. I have no desire to ever write a poem again. Out of interest, did, did you did you write a letter? If, if you don't mind going into some of the details of what you did on the yeah on yeah the sure. preview. I um so in, in our in our episode we um wrote uh, had to I had to read uh, had to makes it sound like kind of opposite to what the whole point of the podcast is about. It's about you know fifty two <laughs> things to do. You know one one of the weeks to you know increase the intimacy with your partner. So I was forced to write, read this thing to her. Um, <laughs> I I could read anything, so I um, wrote I read a chapter from. I'm going to show you the book, even though I know you're not recording um, the video. Uh, but yeah, Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology. Which, oh wow, um, Neil Gaiman. Yeah, good choice. It was. Um, I haven't read that, but. It's really good. If anyone's interested in, um, in well, particularly after Marvel, um, if anyone is interested in particularly the the Norse gods, Thor, Loki, Odin, um, et cetera, et cetera, then um, it's, it's sort of in small, it's done in like, I say small chapter, each one takes, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes to read. They are the Norse gods. They're not the Marvel versions of the Norse gods, of course. Um, so they have all more faults. They have, um, you know, uh, Thor is, mostly rage and doesn't tend to think about things um not quite as charismatic but um <laughs> is uh, it is a really really good read it's also interesting um i know uh i i have watched all the marvel films we uh, it was a lockdown task that we went through um which sort of 
my sister, I live with my sister and she wanted to do it. And I thought, there's no way. There's not, I don't care how long this lockdown lasts. There's no way we're going to get through them all. There's just too many. And I think once we started, we were like, we're watching two a day. Like we, just, <laughs> and it took, we did the same. It took less it than most like series. series though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It became yeah. like a series, yeah. So we um, got through them so quick. And But I had read quite a bit of the book. And the, the things that I'm sure also, you know, I don't know if that links back to the comic book writers that wrote it originally, but there's so much in it from the, the North side. I think, I know this story. I've read this story. Why do I know this? Oh my God. They're, they're actually like in a Marvel way doing it exactly like the mythology, not almost exactly mm-hmm. like the mythology. Um, you know, things about like how, you know, the, the people that made Thor's like the dwarf, you know, it's um, Peter Dinklage and, uh, who makes it Peter Dinklage who plays Tyrion oh, Lannister. The, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, in in Endgame, the the dwarves of the the, the stars, yeah, sort of thing, and what they're called. and all that was you know kind of like there's there's parts of the same story in that that they have his brother and you know and you think that oh like I know a bit of the backstory here that they're alluding to, but potentially the Marvel fans won't know because I know the Norse mythology that so it is actually really interesting if anyone is a uh, massively into it and it's a wonderful book because it's it's written as if he's you know like a like he's sat around a fireside and reading you a story and it's it's said in a really nice way that kind of is you could read it to at a, a fireside you know it, it makes it feel like that at a campsite or um whilst you're out mm. with friends um so i chose to read that to my uh to my girlfriend and uh yeah it went really well actually it was uh it was a really <laughs> it was a really nice thing to do um i did have two fake at the time and uh but there we are that's uh that's another that's another story <laughs> <laughs> as the like all oh, nice and romantic and then ooh, yeah too i was in pain for the yeah. first half <laughs> amazing uh it's, it's funny because um, neil gaiman I, i've been hearing him a lot recently because i've been uh the last sort of few years of my life where i've got this podcast that air quotes main one which has been going for it'll be four years in september and i got my other podcast which is a star wars podcast it's just about star wars comics and that's on a, a feed called comics in motion and mm. um, they have a different episode a different show each day of the week all different creators and things making stuff and essentially because we're doing a lot of comic my po- comic podcasts i've been interacting with people who are into comics a lot more and things and recommending me all kinds of comics i've never heard of like miracle man by alan moore which i've just finished reading uh sam man by neil gaiman uh swamp thing also by alan moore and there's sort of i, I keep hearing alan moore neil gaiman's uh, names a lot and aside from watching the tv show good omens i didn't i never really heard of neil gaiman so i just keep seeing his name pop up mm. and out of interest because i only really heard of i'd heard of him sort of peripherally but i didn't know really any of his works uh, aside from probably the last year or so i just i was intrigued if you you know anything about neil gaiman at all either no so i um the way i came about it and it is this is a good link um is because well a, a, apart from good omens that is the only that's the only thing i've heard about until i sort of looked into him a bit more because i thought oh he writes things for tv as well and actually i think he's done a few interesting things that uh, possibly even i've watched and i can't remember what they are now but um the way i heard about him was on a what was on a tour um, a, a theatre tour which I will, will be doing again this year um, different play same tour almost um, and uh, one or two of the other guys one of the other guys on the tour was reading that Norse mythology book and someone else had read it and they kept talking about how great it was and um, I was I was uh, yeah after that tour I was flying to Australia to I was going like a long long holiday to Singapore and Australia and I thought oh, I'll get a book because I've not um 
yeah, I had a, you know, I had a Kindle, but I hadn't I actually bought a book. And that, I think that year I'd read a lot, but not it, not in book form. So I mm. bought that as um, my kind of book to read on planes whilst I was doing these sort of 13-hour flights and seven-hour flights and then another, you know, 23-hour journey, you know, a few weeks later. So that was how I ended up uh, ended up buying it. But it was only sort of through through word of mouth, really. And I, I've always found the, the Norse... I guess there's something a bit, a bit more interesting about um, the Norse gods. I find I, I am an atheist, but I, I find I do find the fact that there is a human beings have always been interested in religion. I've, I've always found mm-hmm. uh, always had a higher power. Every um, every uh, community, civilization, um, or whatever have always had someone. They've something a group of gods. So. But they're all they're all so interesting and different, and the Norse ones in particular, probably some of the most flawed. And um, you know, but you again, you learn through their stories. But they their stories tend to go badly for them, <laughs> for a lot of them, well, particularly for you know, um, Loki and Thor and and uh, a couple others. So that's why they I just yeah. thought they were quite interesting. So it was, yeah, yeah, because it's like the Roman gods and the Greek gods as well. Like they're they're all the sort of uh, they are all very interesting ideas, and, and I'm like you. Know, I, it's one of those things with religion, which is you know I was my in primary school. Uh, so for Americans, I think I always get it uh, confused, but basically from the age of five to like ten ish, ten or eleven, mm. um, in school I went to a Catholic school. Neither of my parents were uh, Catholic. I think my mum's vaguely religious, um, and my dad was agnostic. So it's like I went to Catholic school with my parents who didn't believe. Yeah. And then I had lots of questions to a lot of the teachers that they couldn't answer. And then that kind of, for a lot of my teen years and stuff, I I don't like to use the term necessarily militant atheist because it makes it sound like I'm being violent or something. But I was a proper, you know, a dick about it. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> when yeah. people were being, you know, not, not, I wouldn't go up to someone who's clearly religious and have a go at them, but it was more so in, uh, in a second with friends and stuff, if you talk about religion, my opinions would just be so hardlined on, no, mm. it's wrong. It's, you know, and now I'm more like, there are aspects that I disagree with, aspects that I, you know, agree with in, in principle in a lot of ways. But my main thing is that I just don't believe in a deity. Yeah. I'm not, if other people do, that's completely, you know, their thing. As long as, you know, you don't be a twat to anyone else because of that belief. Yeah, I don't really yeah. care. But it's just, it is interesting because I remember, I think it was a, some sort of, I don't know if it was a documentary. I think it's it was probably like a five minute YouTube video or something. But it was something like brain scans of people um, who were atheists who you know the kind of people who would um wait outside of an apple store when a brand new apple products br- released but waiting there from like midnight yeah waiting there for like six hours camping out the shop people who have that sort of um what's the term uh product it's like a product worship mm. the same parts in their brains that go off when they see the apple logo is the same thing as a christian when they see a cross huh. or with um someone who is a jew and they uh see the star oh, David. David, yeah uh, it's very interesting of like the air quotes, the term I think has been thrown around in a lot of alternative music I like is the new gods. And I know yeah. it's not just there, but sort of the new gods are basically money and capitalism yeah, and consumerism yeah, yeah. and greed. So it's very interesting you brought up that point of sort of the intrigue into the sort of people always needing gods. Yeah, like a, a reliance, a dependence and something that they can turn to that isn't necessarily... Oh, or, or, yeah, maybe, maybe reliance is the, a word that... Because there is a, there's a, a, I guess a faith that people have, and I think blind faith is something that I've always 
I, I struggle with. I, I, I don't really um, know how you could have, um, uh, you know, fantastic to people that do. I don't mean to sound that condescending, that, that genuinely. Um, that's fantastic if people can. Oh, no, of course. I, I, no, I know what you're saying. It's one of the things where it's like, it's amazing you've got it, but I don't know how you've got yeah. it almost. It's like, it's if almost, it's one of those weird things, isn't it? Where it's almost like, I really wish I could believe when I die, I go to heaven. Like, mm. if, if I could, if, if you could tell me if there's some way I could just do that yeah. without it compromising anything else, I think, then that would be cool because it would just make death slightly less crap for people. But it's like, I, I just don't, there's that disconnect. I, just, yeah. I can't. It would, it would, I mean, wouldn't it be so much better if we all, uh, you know, if we went to heaven? I know I listened to one of your other podcasts and, and you know, the, the argument about what heaven actually is. And I, I agree mm-hmm. with that as well. But, um, but you know, that w- it sounds so nice, doesn't it? But, and it does sound miserable to, to go, you know, to, to turn into nothing. But do we, do we turn into nothing because we have energy that floats through? I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a particularly spiritual person, but I, I don't think you can, from all the science that we have, you know, our, at least our bodies, the energy that's given out from our bodies, it goes through into the ground, into something else, into, you know, the circle of life, like the Lion King says, I mm-hmm. suppose. Um, or, um, and, you know, through our DNA, that is, yeah, I remember Richard Dawkins saying something, like, you know, I can't, I'm going to, completely bastardize it now and get, get it completely wrong but it's sort of saying about how you know our dna that passes through each generation of our you know ancestors there is there's a way that that sort of it repeats itself that is almost like a uh, i can't remember exactly what it is but he basically labels it as if that is as closest thing to the human soul mm-hmm. that we could scientifically argue is that you know it is uh dna passing through uh, he he put it in a much more interesting way that uh, <laughs> sounded enticing yeah he he's one of the greats Richard Dawkins Sam Harris a lot of those intellectuals where mm. you hear them talk and you go man you're so clever and you, you think I'll listen to hours of you talk and I'll be clever and you listen to hours and then I can paraphrase like five sentences <laughs> yeah. and one word that sounds clever and that's it yeah. um, but I totally get what you're saying and I, I agree in a lot of ways it's um, with is that there's the two parts though isn't there because with um, what Dawkins um, was saying I've heard something not different to that, but I've heard something else which was like um, trauma can travel through genes. So like that's why a lot of people are scared of spiders and snakes and things when they've never had a traumatic experience mm. explicitly with... Obviously, there's nurture, which is if your parents freak out when a spider yeah. happens, you'll just be freaked out as well. But there's other um, theories which are like, you know, if you're great, blah, 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 uh, ancestors, if th- one of them was bitten by a spider and then died then that would cause such trauma to make your tribe or people around or whatever, then that trauma, if it's so strong, it can travel through genes mm. and therefore it can, that could be a reason, which is, that's one aspect that's interesting. But the other thing I want to pick up on was the energy thing, because um, I don't know how much I said, because you said you listened to the episode I did or uh, the majority of it with um, Jack Thomas of Just Conversations Pod, yeah. the sort of good and evil thing. And, and I went on his show about a year ago. I think everything is about a year ago. Since COVID, yeah, everything is yeah. now either one yeah. or ten years or, or ago. Or the other That's day, it. and it was, it, was four, it was four months ago now, and you think, oh, <laughs> exactly. we do that anyway. But normally enough things have happened in between. You think, oh, was it? Oh, no, it was, it was a couple of weeks ago, actually. But yeah, whatever. It, it wasn't that You've far. You've got some pillars. Yeah. You've got some sort of like timestamp. It's like, <laughs> what have you done for the last three months? Um, watch TV series with my partner. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, like, I know a bit of a, sorry, spoiler alert to uh, when the people are listening, but it's April now. Like, I, I swear it was New Year's a few days ago <laughs> i know it's it, it's absolutely mental yeah it's uh, yeah this it is 
yeah remember last year the sort of i don't know the memes going around of this is the fastest slowest year that's still <laughs> that's ever happened uh, it, yeah. I think, how has a whole month passed but well i've not done anything <laughs> <laughs> I find it's the little jobs that always get me in in lockdown. It's the things where we're like, um, me and Megan, uh, we're living in a flat and we basically, we had this mirror that we had, we just wanted to put this mirror up. We were like, kept putting it off for like three or four months. And we're like, that's it. Let's do the mirror. Let's just get it over and done with. It took like five minutes. (laughs) But it's been a mirror in the hallway for like four months. Yeah. And then just little things like that, where you look at it and go, God, that's too much for a big job for today. I've got all the time in the world. Maybe it'd be tomorrow's yeah. job. And then you do that for a month. And then you're like, how long has that thing been there? I don't know, only a week, I guess. And then three months pass. And you're like, I think that's been there longer than a month. You get you get <laughs> like, used to it, don't you? I um, Yeah, like we had we had some... Um, <laughs> I've got a funny story with this. We had, uh, this is not the first one, but I was going to say we had some... Um, when my sister moved in, some like DVDs under the, you know, in the somewhere in the kitchen. And... In a, in a big box, you know, a big box of DVDs because no one watches it. We don't have a DVD player. We had them for two years here. Like, <laughs> we need to get rid of these DVDs. But um, my 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 dad uh, had he's had some. He was planning to build a, a brick path around the around the house so he could um, so that his his wife, my stepmom, could get um, from the from the front door round to the bins around the side of the house without you know the front garden gets boggy. So he decided to he got all these bricks from work. He's a builder. And he bought them. Oh, I probably didn't buy them, but he got them, and uh, he uh, had them there ready to go. And he hasn't done it, and it's been so long that he thought, "Oh, he's very into his uh, history." It's probably where I get some of it from with the coach uh, tour guiding, telling these his- historical stories. But he said, uh, told us the other day, and he was very proud of this. That he said those bricks have been outside the front of his house longer than the, ste- the longer than the siege of Stalingrad. He's been because uh, <laughs> he looked it up and he said because I think he used to say it as a joke. Oh, those bricks have been out there nearly almost as long as the siege of Stalingrad, and it had been so long that he discovered the siege of Stalingrad was two years and three months, and those bricks have been there for two years and nine months. So it's quite a long time. <laughs> and that was about four months ago, I think, three months ago. So it's coming up the three years. It we went round it uh, back at Easter and. Dad, build a goddamn path because it's <laughs> this is this is too long now. <laughs> Germans and the Russians. I don't know who's on your side. They'll be they'll all be furious. It's been too long. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it's it's funny because I was gonna linking back to uh, the sort of the talk. I think I am intrigued because like. I love history, but I'm one of those guys that I unfortunately like a little bit of everything. Aside from weirdly enough, I think sport and cars are the only things that. I haven't really got the the passion for. I like playing. It's funny. Most of the sports I don't really like watching, like football. I like playing. Yeah. And then the other ones I don't like playing that much. I like. I'm fine to watch. Like when the Olympics comes on, I think some of the gymnastic stuff is mental. Mm. Like when they do like a triple, when yeah. they do like a triple jump, and you're like, I can't even think that. How did you do it with your body? Um, but. Generally, sports are cool, but I haven't got that passion for it. In cars, I can drive. I just don't. I get in my car, listen to music or podcast, and yeah. go. They're, they're the only two. Definitely things the that same with cars. Yeah, yeah. I know it's one of those things though. With like, everyone's got their thing or their things, but like, I find generally everything interesting enough to go down countless rabbit holes or go to loads of museums about it and all that sort of stuff. But but not commit to it enough to have a a decent knowledge on anything. So I describe <laughs> it as. Um, 
I think I took this from Adventure Time, which is I have an approximate knowledge of most things. So I can probably have, yeah, I have probably I one or that. two sentences or maybe like two po- – I like to think of the inside of my brain as just a billion post-it notes. And I've just got probably one post-it note on almost every subject matter there is, but no more than three. Yeah. <laughs> aside from like four things. So I wonder with you and history, have you got have you got like the big passion for history and that's always been a thing? Are you more of sort of a guy who likes – relatively everything and history was a part of that i'm intrigued by your history love i know it so i i didn't do history at school i remember uh, dropping mm. it when you pick your gcse's because I, I thought it was i think mostly because it was um world war ii and politics and it was i liked more ancient i was more interested in ancient history because i couldn't i could mm. try to imagine those people or what they were what they were doing what they were going through and the egyptians and that sort of thing as yeah, well it's yeah. very intriguing a- yeah. ancient greece really was the one that i was really fascinated oh, yes. by um and then yeah the, the politics side i you know obviously uh more interested aware <laughs> hard to say you can't really say you love politics can you but you know that's more a part of my life now um but yeah i was particularly not as well well when do you pick your when do you pick your 15 when you pick your GCSEs, 14 maybe something like that yeah that sort of age yeah absolutely put me off but i always liked the stories and i think i remember even um, when i was sort of learning some of the sort of first learning the job um you know learning like parts of london or things you talk about the people like say trafalgar square and learning about nelson there was things or like parts of stories that i remembered and i thought I, I feel like I know half of this. You know when you you watch a sh- something and and it pops up, and you think mm. I knew that. Like, I I didn't know I knew that. I couldn't have told you five minutes ago. But when he said it, I know I definitely knew that. And that is a, th- it's like a sure zip it's file a thing. in your brain, yeah. isn't it? It's like a zip file in your brain. And then when they say the information, it extracts it. Like, oh, I do know yes, this. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. And didn't he didn't he do that because of, and wasn't wasn't he put in a, a barrel of brandy at the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was oh okay. So it was all the sort of. Um, the stories and i think maybe the uh i i really enjoyed doing the job because it a lot of the time you're not giving people necessarily a complete knowledge of of the history of whatever you were talking about a building or um the royal family or or whatever it might be but you're sort of giving them like the basics and really when you have tourists i think you're trying to entertain them um they're only going to be with you for potentially sometimes 15 minutes or they might be with you for 12 hours depending on what you're doing if you're doing a coach tour you're with them for 12 hours um my thing was try and entertain them as much as possible because it is a long day we started at mm. seven o'clock in the well eight o'clock in the morning um we first meet at about seven thirty in the morning and we're going to be with each other till eight o'clock in the evening and if you find me boring in the first half an hour this is a long day for you <laughs> and, <laughs> and i want to get those tips as well because uh and oh, so does yeah. the driver because we split the tips and the drivers are more pushy than the <laughs> tour guides, but they don't ask for it. So, um, so it was all, it was more about, um, finding the, finding good stories or trying to find any way to make them into a, into a joke as well. And it, cause people remember jokes more than they remember facts. Um, mm. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but you know, they'll, they'll remember, um, that's probably the funniest joke so far. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that's a brilliant joke. Yeah, yeah. The joke people remember jokes way better than they remember facts. I've got I can't remember <laughs> I any good remember jokes. Any good jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, uh, here's an easy one. Um, so the Shard, uh, you know, tallest building in um, tallest building in Western Europe. It's uh, seventy-two stories high. It's uh, incredible, seventy-two stories high. And they were going to make it seventy-three, but that's another story. 
Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. It's, a, it's a bad joke, <laughs> but it's the first one that came to my head. Um, that, that's a good bad joke. Is it? A yeah, good yeah, like good bad joke. So, um, but people go, oh yeah, wasn't it? oh yeah, it was seventy-two stories. And also, what's good about that joke is it works by any building. They weren't going to make mm. it three stories high. That one, yeah, yeah. they weren't going to make it four, but that's another story. Every time works <laughs> like a charm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just could every per tour group, you can only use yeah. it on one building. Yeah, so yeah. You, you try and play around. <laughs> oh, so I tried it with a shard last week, but this week I'm going to try it on this one. Oh, what about that random building over there? I've got a story for that one. Yeah. Let's do the story joke on that People, building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People hated it. They said, We're at Stonehenge. Why is he talking about the shard? I don't even know where that is. <laughs> Oh man. So did you, when you got into, um, cause that, that's one of those jobs where not, not to be rude, but I hadn't thought of that as a, as a job in the sense of, if you said to me, write down a hundred jobs, you mm. know, I, you, it's you, please librarian, a teacher, I don't know. I've been watching Buffy. So probably <laughs> librarians probably <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Vampire Slayer as well. Before, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good not job. Well paid, yeah. Perfect. But... <laughs> no, not very. But I suppose if you kill vampires that have got gold and stuff, you could probably yeah. take some of their stuff. I'm not sure. If, I know they don't have any silver. I'm not sure about <laughs> gold. Um, but it's one of those things where like, I've I've been um I've travelled around a little bit and things about both inside of uh England and also outside of and around Europe and stuff and I've been to Mexico as well. That's about that's about it. <laughs> but like with tour guides, it's one of those things where I hadn't really thought of, but obviously you do spend a lot of time with them and you have to you have to know a lot of knowledge. You have to be presenting, but I would presume there's quite a lot of um there's a lot of knowledge that you ha- you not maybe don't have to know, but you kind of should know of those sort of things. Like whenever I'm in a tour guide, I'm the worst person because I have loads of questions. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, what's, what's that? Oh, it's this thing. When was that made? And it's like certain questions you may not have the answer to, but I'm intrigued by like, did you, when you had the job, did they say you have to learn this amount or was it kind of free to do what you want? I'm intrigued by the behind um, the scenes of that. You know, I think with the, um, when I started off doing the, the London tours, um, because they, well, I started off doing the the bike because I mean, as 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 my actor job before, I worked in a pub, and I think after about three three and a half years of, of doing that, it was really getting me quite um, quite down because it was just it I wasn't really using any of the skills that I'd you know set out to do. So at least if I was doing this other you know job, it was more you know presentative and using the um, actor skills. It's like a warm up almost. Yeah, <laughs> and and genuinely, I think sometimes I went to auditions after doing a day of of tour guiding, and my voice was so much better um than it would have been mm. if i'd have been stood in a pub kind of just thinking about you know thinking about the audition but um with that when i first got the the first job i had was doing bike tours and that was um which is a, a highly recommend anyone who goes anywhere or maybe even visits london um to do one of these tours because there's so much such a relaxing way to get around they don't they don't go fast it's not like a sports tour isn't it you just sort of leisurely cycle around um you get off talk about somewhere um, and then you get back on the bike and cycle for five minutes and then you get off and talk about somewhere else. Um, it's not like you're not, try- someone's not at the front of 15 people and trying to shout to the person at the back because that just wouldn't work. Um, but it, I think with that, it was, we had set places that we were going to. So try and learn as much as, as you can. I think to start with, it was like trying to at least learn three or four things about these places. And sometimes a lot of them kind of uh, overlapped or, you'd start like learning a, a bit about them. Uh, There's about two or three of us that started at the same time. So we could kind of, um, and it, when we were like starting to take the tours, we would kind of work together a bit. Um, so that was okay. And that gave me the grounding for the, uh, their buses, the open top buses that go around, which are the ones that are a bit samey because we'll do them about three times a day, um, which is, <laughs> it's so boring, especially when people aren't 
getting on and off. And some people just use it for transport. Um, sometimes you've got a whole group of Italian and Spanish and French people and no one's speaking English and you think, I don't know why I'm here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, not their fault, but you know, no one's listening to you. And you think sometimes that is anyone, I would say like, is anyone actually listening to me? Just put your hand up or wave at me if you if you are. No, oh God, I'm going to stop talking then. And then <laughs> have a little break. Yeah, which is that wasn't too bad. Um, but for that, there was a lot, a, a bit more of a strict structure because you're kind of almost delivering a, a product because it's almost the same thing over and over again, which is really why I didn't like it. And then with the coaches, again, it was a bit different. I think when we, when you toured around London, you have to learn a lot about almost everything. Almost the knowledge was a bit, a bit more because, um, because people are getting off and on as well. You're not, you're not dealing with the uh, guests, tourists, customers as much. You're just kind of uh, sending them off and you know, letting them know, oh, you can buy your tickets for the Tower of London from the guy in a blue jacket down there. That's where you go. Whereas when we did the coach tours, you, you don't have to have as much knowledge necessarily, not when you're sort of doing the tour, but people will ask questions. And because you're with them for so long and you get to know each other through a 12-hour day, you, it's more expected that people will have and will be more interested. Now, they are going to go into, let's, uh, let's say, Windsor Castle. They are going to go in there and they are going to learn undoubtedly more inside the castle than they can learn from me on a on a bus for 20 minutes before we get there uh, plus also it is it is a bit like herding cats you've got to make sure they know where they're going where the toilets are that's a big one um how to get back to the coach and and all these things as well so you give them a bit a bit of an introduction because i guess say windsor castle some people on the coach will have they don't know anything about the english royal family it might sound hard to imagine for even for people from america listening to this like oh yeah but everyone knows a bit but people People don't. And, you know, if someone's from uh, whatever country they're from, <laughs> England or America included, might have zero knowledge. They don't know anything, you know, the, the, the past, the different, like, you know, who built this, when, how long's that been there? How long's Winter Castle been there? Et cetera, et cetera. So you have to give quite a basic introduction because you know they're going to learn so much more inside anyway. And then it really is a case of making sure they get in making sure everyone who's supposed to get in gets in. And if they haven't prepaid for a ticket, they don't nick someone else's. That's, <laughs> that comes back at you. Um, there's a lot, yeah. And uh, there's an amazing thing about being a tourist because I did it even when I was doing this job a lot. Um, went on holiday uh, to somewhere, Prague, and I, th- I did a tour. So I said, like, no, 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 we, we have to do a tour because, you know, I do tours. And I know that you get more, you get so much more from a tour guide than us thinking we know better. So come on, I said, 10 euros each that would be fine you know and then we'd give them a tip at the end and it doesn't matter. even i did it fell into the trap of people forget all the rules of walking into things walking into traffic oncoming traffic you really have to protect i've got a group of 50 tourists and they've just walked out into this opening and they've just seen windsor castle you know towering above them and it does look incredibly impressive and all they want to do is take pictures whilst looking at it and without noticing that there are oncoming buses. And you think, oh, God, please stop. Please stop walking. Please listen to me. You have to be really loud and make sure that they're aware. And But we all do it because I, I, I was doing it. I was in Prague. I walked into a tram almost. I, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what happens. It's the group thing, I think, the group mentality. Someone is looking after you, so they think they can go anywhere, um, anywhere that they would like to go and <laughs> without getting knocked yeah. over. Yeah, you the diffusion of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we like that as human beings. I think it's uh, it's yeah. satis- it's comforting. 
the more people there are, the less the individual tends to think. Yeah. And that is that in some ways it could be all right. You know, normally when it's like survival and stuff, it's quite cool. But then when it's like <laughs> remedial things or when there's, yeah, fast, hard objects, yeah. nearby, <laughs> you kind of need to have someone thinking for yourself. But yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. It's literally, it, it's, it's one of those weird things, isn't it? Because like, it's one of those things like customer service is a good one. Like I've, um, I work in insurance at the moment and things, but I've worked in other customer service jobs, but I still talk to people sometimes when they're angry about something or other mm. in insurance. It's normally because they've hit someone and think somehow the person they've hit is at fault, um, which happens quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I can imagine. Well, why do they, why do they stop so suddenly? I hit them in the rear. Well, if you would like, if you had a bit of distance between you, it wouldn't matter when he stopped because yeah. you'd have had time to stop before hitting him. Um, but then I've hit people in the rear. Like I've I've done I in driving both before um <laughs> that a, so, so I'm is that like, one is that, is that a context is that a, <laughs> I have hit people in the wrist good it's good um good thing to admit well, yeah, in in the vehicle <laughs> in vehicle to vehicle bumper to bumper not literally <laughs> that's a story for genuine yeah. after dark um, <laughs> but yeah it's one of those things where like I know the road rules the majority of car incidents are hitting people in the rear normally because either someone's looking at their phone um at traffic lights or something or they go in a corner a little bit too fast. Like I've hit two people in the rear in uh, while driving, and one was in a country lane sort of area, round a corner mm. that was too narrow, and I was just a little bit too close behind this woman. She breaks suddenly for one reason or another, and I didn't have enough time. And another time was it was raining, and I didn't give enough of a stopping distance. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, after it happened, you just like. I've just cost myself, obviously I've inconvenienced this other person's day, but I've cost myself money on insurance and things. And I literally tell people in trying not to be patronizing, but it doesn't always work to say, don't drive so bloody close to people. Yeah. And then I do it. Yeah. So it's just one of those things yeah. where it's like, no helping us, us humans. Yeah, eh? yeah. No helping at all. Um, I wanted to ask then sort of, in line with the sort of uh, presenting side of things, obviously one of the things in one of your many jobs, but the the sort of the main job is being an actor and you do a lot of stage performance and things. And I, I'm intrigued to know sort of about that. So when you entered the realm, when you decided I'm going to sort of go into the world of being an actor, did you think I want to, uh, I want to do stage stuff? I want to do camera stuff. I want to do uh, adverts and commercials. What did you want to do and, and how, what, stuff, what did you want to do? And we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's it's an odd one because I I never really there's one there's just one point where I think ah oh, maybe that was when I first wanted to be an actor but I don't remember how old I was I th I think there was a time when I was um, I must have been under seven so I'm sure it was in my parents' first house or not first house the first house that I lived in um, they had about three I think before then but it was the first house I'd lived in um, and I think I'm sure we moved out of there when I was seven I could have been ten I don't know maybe seven I'm sure and I seem to remember watching uh a james bond film uh you know not well we all were i'm sure um and <laughs> like, i remember thinking distinctly i want to be him but i don't want to be james bond i don't want to be the guy like i think i had a good enough grasp i want to be the guy that gets to be james bond um although there is also a, a, a story that i don't remember but uh of when i was about probably about five so not very long before this going to to london um with you know, aunts and uncles, and we went to see Oliver Twist. And uh, Bill Sykes uh, has been shot at the end. Bill, Bill Sykes, the one that dies, 
the bad. Bill Sykes is the uh, bad guy, isn't he? I should know. It should have been being an actor. I, I mean, I think so. I'm I've sure t- it's I've Bill seen Sykes. Oliver Twist a million times when I was a kid, <laughs> and then since the age of like ten, I, I watched it enough in the first ten yeah. years of my life to not have to watch it for the next twenty. Yeah, F- Fagin's, <laughs> Fagin's the good one, isn't he? Fagin's the one who wants to pick, pick it a pocket or two. I don't know if he's necessarily good, but he's. Uh, he's not, I think the nice one. Bill Sykes is the bad guy. I'm sure. Anyway. Um, oh God, I've got that wrong. Anyway, anyone listening who knows I've got it wrong, you know I've got it wrong. I'm sorry. It's all of a twist. Get over it. Grow up. Um, <laughs> when I was about five, I, uh, I I went to see it and he gets shot at the end and falls off the roof. And I saw that and I saw it happen with my own two eyes. He got shot, fell off the roof. He's dead. Definitely. I think they all said it. He's dead. He's gone. Hooray. Uh, the witch is dead. Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. I think that was the musical. Um, and then uh, they, at the end of the, the play, uh, they all came on to bow. And uh, I couldn't believe my eyes, Mike. Goddamn Bill Sykes is there. And <laughs> five-year-old me lost my shit and was, I wouldn't let it go. He was screaming. I said, I saw him die. I think because he upset me so much because he was so horrible. I said, I saw him die. I knew he died and, he, and he's back. How is this? What is happening? Um, yeah, and it, it really, I, I was screaming the place. I had to be taken out. That was um, how bad it was. <laughs> I was so upset. So um, two two short years later, I've learned what acting is, and I want to be James Bond now. Um, so I must have, maybe he made a very good impression of me. Whoever that actor was who played Bill Sykes, um, uh, would be wonderful to find out. <laughs> circa, oh, Lord. circa 1995, who was playing Bill Sykes in London's West End, because that, we'll God, do you know what? I've never thought to look into it, but I'm sure that's probably probably available information. Possibly. I think you'd probably be able to find out. If it was a big enough run, I think yeah. you'd probably quite easily. If you could just even get like, if it was a, a, a decent run, if there's like a program or even if there are, I mean, because it's quite a big character in all of yeah, Twist, so yeah. it would probably be in the, in the main sort of lineup. You could probably Must find be. that out. Yeah, find that out, oh, yeah, look then into meet that. them, and then act in something with them, yeah. and then kill them in the thing. <laughs> yeah. Make a big fuss, you know, and make sure you're the character who kills them in the thing, and then you'll have your event. And then when they, they, and then we come out to the the, uh, the bow, and I, I lose my shit again. <laughs> what are you Stop doing here? Crying. <laughs> I killed Just you. Just freaking out. Yeah, you'll confuse them. <laughs> why won't you, you stay dead? Damn, Bill Sykes. Oh. <laughs> Every night Lord. you come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man! But, uh, but yeah, so so I don't really know when I decided to, or what. I, I don't really know when it necessarily hit me. But then I think through school, when I was uh, going into that sort of you know Sats and GCSEs, you know through that um, teenage years, really sort of thought, is there anything I enjoy? I don't really enjoy. I don't like. I can do other subjects, and I'm good at. I mean, I'm fine at maths, and I'm quite good at English, and. I'm all right at science. It's fine. But, you know, I <laughs> hated French. Um, I couldn't do languages. But um, but I didn't I didn't really, none of them excited me. Anything, but I really, really enjoyed doing drama. And then, yeah, I took that on to college. Um, I went to university because I wasn't quite ready to go to a drama school because it would have just, it would have been wasted on me. I, still, I, would have, uh, I needed to go and get that sort of university years out of my system. I still studied drama. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, there were some great uh, drama facilities. I went to Birmingham University um, and there were great facilities there. There's a lot of people that have gone on to do in fact, probably more success from the people that I knew from uh, the University of Birmingham than there are from um, 
uh, from my drama school, which is East Stephen Drama School. Um, it's probably, uh, well, at least from my year. Uh, yeah. So I'm not going to name drop people in, but, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, there are, there are people that are doing incredible things from the university. And I think a lot of the good things from university was that we just, apart from the course, just got to do plays, put on plays, mm. produce plays. And you just sort of learned by doing a bit really. But then my, I guess, uh, at East 15 at the, at the drama school, the, the acting training, and I can't speak for what other courses are like, because there's, there's 20 accredited drama schools in the UK, or at least there were when I went in 2013. I don't know if there's, there might be 21 or 22 now. I don't know, actually. Um, I think there were 20 back then. And they, so like, you know, the ones that are recognised as being the real deal sort of uh, drama schools. And not to say the rest aren't very good. But um, that's the most British sentence I've ever heard you yeah. say. You're apologising for people, yeah, that probably aren't even listening. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys, I'm really sorry. Your drama school, you're not real, but they you are, are kind fine, of real. Yeah. But you're not real. You're not prestigious enough. But you are. Don't worry, you're prestigious <laughs> to me, but not. You're not actually prestigious. But you're okay for me. Fine. I know you're not real. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you're all rubbish. Anyway, so um, no, uh, but yeah, the, 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 the training from East Fifteen was very much about not really how to act. It was. Um, you know, they even said on the first day, like, we're not going to, we don't need to teach you. We, we know you can act. Um, that's why you're here. But what we're going to teach you is about uh, really who you are as a person. In our day-to-day life, we have so many different parts and aspects of ourselves that most people kind of hide or shut away or, you know, they, they don't need to access because they don't necessarily need to bring out those parts of their character, you know, potentially more the unfavorable part, you know, the, the more aggressive or um, the more sort of um, selfish, shallow, the more, you know, the parts that aren't deemed right by most societies. Well, we need to unlock those and why you have those and where they come from in you so that you can then access them in terms of uh, being an actor. Uh, one of the first lessons we used to uh, have um, I think it might have even been on the open, maybe not. Yeah, the open day when we were sort of or the, a few months before going, it was you know, you, it, <laughs> and it was said with all sincerity. It was a bit tongue in cheek, but the, the sentiment was there that you know you want to spend the rest of your life being an actor, which means that you want to spend the rest of your life essentially pretending to be somebody that you are not. That is fucked up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> chances are. Uh, something has happened to you in your past that has probably led you to this, you know, um, something that could be, uh, and normally it's, it, it probably isn't the best of thing. It might be anything from, uh, you know, uh, divorce or neglected parenting, or it might be um, abuse or other things, or moving schools is, a, is actually a quite a big thing. Moving schools is a big one. All these things where you might have then, as a child, perhaps slightly pretended to be someone that you're not or played a different part to fit in at a new school, or, or you know, slightly changed something about yourself. And when you did that, you got more attention or more praise or more, you know, these things happened. And then, you know, that's led on to possibly why you want to be an actor. Determinism, a past influence on what we do when everything's uh, linked in, <laughs> um, which is a hark back to another yeah podcast, <laughs> but something I, I do believe in, which I think is a really important um, maybe a, a, a topic for later, but an important part of being an actor, like actually believing in determinism, because why does a, why does a character do the things he does? Um, it all comes from somewhere. 
anyway. So yeah, I think, well, yeah, I think that is why I, something, and I don't really know what it is. I don't think I had great traumas in my life. I think, um, well, my parents divorced when I was 10, um, but it wasn't horribly traumatic. I, th- I remember being bullied slightly, but not in a, not in that bad of a way that I put it down to. I know like, you know, people have had been bullied and it really affected them, but I don't remember. And if it had, it was only for a short period of time, but something might've happened in that short period of time that then made me go, Oh, when I'm slightly different or, you know, behave not like how I was behaving, but like this new version, I I don't know. I don't, there's nothing that I can remember. I think that's, probably part of the beauty of life and why we think that that all these things that we're choosing to do aren't influenced by our past but actually well at least i believe um that they are because mm. that's why we're doing them and, and we don't know that that's what's happening you know okay the illusion of free will um but it's it's there it's just you know we don't need to know why or where it came from um but it's happened and there's are there are probably things that have influenced if you look at I used to remember I always do this I'm horrible probably to watch films with because I just sit there and go oh remember that guy oh yeah 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 yeah. we saw him in a film before he was in um, he was also in this and he was in that and the other oh you don't remember him that yeah all the time and I like whilst watching the film I'll be just looking at who the actors are IMDB IMDB is my like go to (laughs) constantly like wait this film the directorial style of this as well I recognise this who's the director oh it's that he made this film Megan do you know he made this film it's like I haven't seen either of that film or this film you're showing me you have remember it now (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then if you look at quite often I look at the um, I don't tend to do it anymore but I used to look at the actors biographies I don't tend to do it anymore Mm. Um, but a lot of the time the amount of times it would be um you know, had uh, parents in the military and uh, were, you know, you think, oh, maybe we've got quite authoritative parents, let's say, or um, or they moved to school a lot because they were moving in different, you know, places or whatever, you know. And, and the amount of times it, it comes up and you think, ah, there's something in that that's, um, yeah, it's definitely there. It's um, it's a very interesting theory. And, I, mm, and, and one yeah. I actually think there is a lot of truth in for actors. <laughs> We're all tortured souls, really. (laughs) And that's the end of part one. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. As I said in the intro, part two will be out next week. But if you support the show for as little as £1 a month, then you'll already get access to part two of this chat, as well as quite a few other unsplit episodes that I've already done, as well as the Afterthoughts show, where me and Megan watch TV series and movies and things and talk about our thoughts on them. And each episode's, you know, between 10 and 20 minutes long on average. But I believe the Spider-Man 3 episode has recently dropped on there, which is half an hour long, where Megan just completely slates Spider-Man 3 the whole time. It is hilarious. So if you want full unsplit episode, early access to staff, behind the scenes things as well, future guest lists, and also the Afterthought show, you know, several hours of extra content and whatnot, make sure you just check out Patreon. And if you aren't a supporter of the show, you can just go take a look. And there's the Star Wars Phantom Menace and The Witcher Season 1. They are both up completely for free. You might have to scroll down a little bit because they were uploaded a little while ago, but you will find them. So aside from that, guys, what have I got planned? Um, We've got Matt from Classic Comics from the Comics in Motion Network, where my Star Wars show airs. He's going to be coming on the show. Well, he's already come on the show. We've already had the conversation. Um, But after I release part two with Tom, I'll be releasing it. It's going to be another two-parter, having a lot of long conversations recently. And it's 
about classic comics, old school comics from the golden age, and we talk about Star Wars, newspaper strips, and things like that. It's a really, really cool conversation. I've also got quite a few other conversations planned. Uh, Tom and I, I think, are speaking either next week or the week after. Um, I've also got Goff returning on the show. I've also got a conversation due with a very interesting gentleman who had quite a lot of hand in a certain character for Return of the Jedi, which I'm incredibly excited to speak with him. So that's I won't say any more than that, but I'm very excited about that. And there's a few other bits and pieces in the background as well. So, you know, make sure you follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat. Check out my Star Wars show at Comics in Motion. Check out Afterthoughts on Patreon if you fancy it. And if you want to support the show and you don't want to pay any money or anything, then please share on social media, tell your friends, review the show and all that usual stuff. Anyway, guys, I think that's really everything. Um, in the description of the episodes, I've included, you know, details of Tom as well as Tonya. And I've also included details of the numerous guest spots that I've been a part of recently so make sure you check that out too anyway guys i hope you have a great end of the weekend over here it's a bank holiday so we get an extra day in the uk huzzah and yeah i'll talk to you all next week